You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Everybody like senses it in the air now. The hovering hands. Yeah, if I'm talking and then I suddenly go okay and then get quiet, <laughs> she stands up and starts her trot over to Princess Bed. <laughs> She's that a time. very good dog. Uh, did I tell you about the time that like a, a little uh, flying insect got into the house and I was trying to to smack it out of the air and she went from a dead sleep to trotting over to her spot <laughs> because of the clap. Yes, <laughs> that Pavlov. Yeah, yeah. It was he on, was to, on to some. He was. <laughs> she trained herself to do this. Yeah. <laughs> we got lucky. I mean, considering what the activity is, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have an excuse to go lay down on the best, comfiest pillow of the house. Oh, no. <laughs> she does love naps. This dog's the <laughs> biggest diva about sleep time. <laughs> She's so excited for cricket at any other time of day. Mm-hmm. Like, up her butt. But sleep time? No, Cricket can go to hell. <laughs> and Freybuck has given her that look before. We are sleeping now. Did stop with the tail. This is your favorite thing. I know this about you. <laughs> you should be enjoying this too. All right, shall I kick us off? Mm-hmm. Yep. Might be another cold open. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Nobody has. You're. Any... I mean, t- go on. Nobody Sorry. has anything pressing. For an intro. I, I think we just did it. Yeah. I see. But I've mostly been cleaning up the goblin hovel all week, and I did fight Shelob. I don't know what that means. <laughs> there was a giant spider in the den. Like, well, what two is a goblin long. hovel? Oh, it's our house. That's the den. Mm. A lot of, yeah, the den was definitely the goblin hoveliest because we don't go I down s- there. I see. Um, and it opens up to both the backyard and the, the garage, so it does get gobliny quick. And spidery, because the spider was gigantic. <laughs> yeah. Battled it and won. What kind of spider? It's a wolf spider. Oh. About two inches in diameter. Well, at least it's harmless. Covered yeah. in blades. Yeah. <laughs> Poison blades that, <laughs> that glow. It was a terrifying battle for the ages. I was armed with a broom. And then it didn't even drop them. You got like... No. A shiny okay. pebble or something. Yeah, spider Some dust. Some trash drop. Spider <laughs> dust. <laughs> it's good for potions, but I'm not into alchemy. Yeah, who cares? Give me the blades. You gotta fight like ten of them. The drop <laughs> rate's really low. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to so What the Folklore. that was our second cold open. Yeah, we're Ooh. good at these. <laughs> these are the chilliest opens, because we're welcoming fall. Yes, indeed. It is getting chilly here. Yeah, summer is maybe done... It'll probably be back in mid-November. Um, but yeah, Can't chilliest opens. And welcome to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. Uh, I'm <clears throat> Gordy. Chilly Gordy. Chilly? Yeah, it's chilly here. I should hope so. A blanket-wrapped Gordy. 
You're in the north again. I am. Well, cardigan wrapped. Cardigan's up, uh, basically just a short blanket with sleeves. <laughs> Aren't all clothes? We just love blankets. Small blanket. Like we get our blankies when we're kids, and we just never leave that that mindset. I mean, <clears throat> we decide why? I would like to wear two small blankies on my feet, please. Why would you want to leave it? Is my question. You don't. Like, every there's, there's every day. Every day I rerun that calculus and the numbers come up the same. <laughs> Which is stay stay with stay with blanky. Blanky is correct choice. True. There are a lot of factors in this crazy modern mixed up world and it is it is childlike safety every time. Yeah, bl- blanky meets a lot of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, comfort, food, social acceptance. Accept acceptance. Self-actualization. Fun. Uh, are there any that it doesn't idle pastimes uh i was going to say food but gordy no it can, gordy's can, blanket i snacks in it definitely. I, I seem to remember taking big bites out of a blankie when i was young <laughs> if that is not evidence then i don't know what is your honor <laughs> also it can contain secret snacks from a previous time that it's, is true. That's true. There are a lot of a lot of creases and folds in there to conceal things from yourself. Yeah, the best blanket has pockets for snacks. Upend the snuggy business to add pockets to them. I'm sure some of them do. Is there a remaining snuggy business? There has to be. I, I still love and am currently sitting on my knockoff snuggy, the comfy huggy, or as it is more colloquially known, the comfuggy. <laughs> It's covered in skulls, it's warm, I can use my hands on my computer, and I can save my feet from the dog's relentless tongue. Sometimes that's enough. So I am a thousand percent on board with the Snuggy business model. It does just need like a kangaroo pouch in there for putting, like one that can hold a whole bag of chips, I think would be about the right size. Anyway, we tell folk tales on this podcast. Yeah, on occasion. Sure do. And I have one for you. What's it about? It's a Filipino tale mm-hmm. called the charcoal maker who became king uh-huh we got a real rags to riches story uh, i have a lot of opinions about our main character and i'm going to share none of them because i'm curious how you feel about him okay. uh, this is from the book filipino popular tales collected and edited by dean s fansler in 1921 uh, this particular story was uh, originally told by jose r perez a tagalog li- living in manila and he had heard the story from his nurse. And this is sourced from Project Gutenberg. I'm going to count this as a point in our favor because we are recording this on the last day of October. Because October is Filipino History Month. Is it? Filipino American History Month, specifically. Mm. I should pay attention to the world more. <laughs> Shout out to the Filipinos that I know. Mm-hmm. Hope you are having a good month. Had. It, it was October. Well, I hope they're still having a good month. Don't stop I, having a no, good month. No, you only have a good month I don't, when it's your name. I don't just weigh in on your history month. I hope you have a good month all the time. <laughs> I'm going to take a hard stance. I only care about you when it's your history month. Oh, boy. Well. We need a contrarian voice on this show. Yeah, we do. We need a contrarian voice. Because <laughs> we don't have contrarian voices on this show ever. It's all no, hunky-dory, <laughs> rainbow sunshine, and kumbayas here. These are exceptionally short episodes 
10 minutes long of you telling a story and no one commenting on it because we all just <laughs> nod in agreement Ever, yes this story we agree with this story we have no problems with it great story moving on that's our whole show model sounds let's nice. try something different ten, this week wait 10 minutes that sounds pretty good oh, we're almost <laughs> to that on the raw audio mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know what kind of nonsense you're gonna do to this tyler yeah, if you hear this and we're at like minute five, you know that some shit went down. <laughs> I do love including those like time code call outs when they're absolutely wrong. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Oh. Just, it's the little crimes you like. <laughs> it's, I mean, the I... Art- artisanal small mm-hmm. batch crimes. <laughs> I've got, I've got 945 on my waveform right now. Mm-hmm. I'm at so... 954. So depending on what time you have on your player, you can you can kind of tell how these first ten <laughs> minutes shook out. How much editing happens? Yeah, just a little peek behind the curtain. How much Tyler's keeping from you? <laughs> That's really what it is. How much it's, of it goes into the the secret vault? The Tyler special secret folder, our Disney esque vault that will never be released. I think it's mostly like dead air and some ums in there. So yeah, it's probably it would not be a exciting. lot of that. All right, are you two ready to actually hear this story? Yeah, yeah. You're all Let's meditative and and kind-hearted at this point, so that you don't have any contrarian opinions about it. Uh, yeah, remind me of his profession again. I already forgot. He's a charcoal maker. Charcoal. That's right. Although, uh, it's going to be a hard story to not have contentions on because I have them with the title. <laughs> Oh, great. With the title? Yeah. What's the title? The Charcoal Maker Who Became King. Does that not happen? In a way. Well, (laughs) you'll find out. Okay. We can argue about this story, but in a peaceful, loving way. All right. Once there was a king who had one beautiful daughter, and she hit the marriage o'clock age. And so the father, as was the custom in these troubled times when savagery still reigns, made the proclamation throughout the kingdom that anyone who was able to bring him ten carloads of money for ten days can have his daughter and his crown. Carloads. Uh, but if carloads, yeah. I don't know. I mean, this was told in 1921, so there might have been some cars around. Uh, it could just be carts, like the horse kind, but who mm-hmm. knows? Okay. But if anyone takes the challenge and isn't able to pull it off, they will be put to death. Presumably because wasting time. Right. Yeah. King's time is precious, so if you if you promise me something you don't follow through, it's your head. It's high stakes. Yeah. Uh, so there was a boy who was the only son of a poor charcoal maker who heard this announcement, and he hurried home to his mom and said, Hey, I want to marry a princess and be a king. That'd be a step up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big step up. Her mother, in like maybe the truest mother fashion we've heard on this show, didn't pay any attention to her foolish son, knowing full well that they were poors and this was an insane thing for him to decide to want. She's like, that's nice, honey, and kept <laughs> kept doing her, her work. We all want to be king, hun. Keep making charcoal, I guess. Put it on the fridge. Uh, so the next day, the boy took his hatchet, as usual, to cut wood in the forest, and he started working on a huge tree that would take several days to finish. Uh, While he was busy with the hatchet, he heard a voice saying, Hey, dude, stop cutting this tree. Put your hand in the hollow trunk, and you'll find a purse that will give you all the money you want. Uh Uh-huh. Who's- who? Who? Just- just a voice. 
From where? From the, from the tree. Either. On so not, surround sound? Yes. Not specifically from the tree, just from... Yeah, it's just, just around. The air nearby, I see. Is it booming? Uh, it could be. It doesn't specify. Is it soft-spoken? I think maybe both. A little flirtatious? Oh, yeah. I hope, I hope so. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it kind of vacillates between whispers and, and shouts, but all uh, of it is very flirty. That is very flirty. <laughs> That's you keep people off guard. That's extremely flirty. <laughs> yeah, it's the mystery. <laughs> it's enticing. I had trouble watching um oh what is that stupid Wachowski movie with Mila Kunis? What's stupid Wachowski movie? That is not returning anything. Was it Wachowski? It might not have even been. <clears throat> if it if it's Wachowski's, I think it is mean, Wachowski. I think well, you it was mean produced by the movies. Movie that rips. Oh, written and produced. Okay, so this is definitely the Wachowskis. It's Jupiter Ascending was the name of it. Yeah, a, a great uh, movie. The point of this fucking joke that I have had to explain <laughs> now is that <laughs> I assumed that Eddie Redmayne was flirting with me in that entire movie because he would only oscillate between whisper and shout. Yeah, for every line that he delivered. Yeah, and it's great. It is. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you feel very flattered by that, Tyler? I oh, felt very flirted. Mm. If any movie deserves like a Marvel franchise treatment, it's Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> Just give Eddie Redmayne more money to whisper and shout. And Channing Tatum money to be a, a skating dog man <laughs> from space. This is maybe the first time I've wanted to see this movie. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so at first he ignored the voice, but then he, then he finally obeyed it. Who knows what changed his mind? Maybe just persistence. The voice I, wore I'm him assuming, down. I'm assuming, yeah, it was just the repetition of the command. To his surprise, there was in fact a purse there, but when he opened it, it was empty. So what was the promise? It'll give you all the money you want. So he doesn't want money? Not yet, I guess. He just learned that about himself. Is it? <laughs> is it that he wants king and... To be king and have princess, but the money is not important. Man, wouldn't that be a nice thing to have to to deal with and solve in a folktale? No, he uh, he was disappointed and angrily threw it away. But when it hit the ground, silver money rolled out of it. So, oh, so now he wants money. Yeah, that actually tracks. You put you put the idea in his head, and now <clears throat> he wants the money. Yeah, he didn't want money, but then he found it, and there was no money, and he's like, "Well, I wanted some money, and now he wants money." Okay. It's yeah. just the thought process. Uh, so the youth quickly grabbed the coins and the purse and went home all happy. Mm-hmm. At the home, he spread out their sleeping mats, called his mom in, and then he began shaking the purse and it just kept pouring out coins. It's going to totally fuck the economy. Don't worry about it. So the old woman was amazed and delighted. She didn't ask any questions, because why would you? Uh, but she was no. just like... <laughs> Don't look a gift purse in the mouth. This is a boy who can marry a princess and run a country now. All qualifications <laughs> for that achieved. So the next morning, she had her son go to the palace to enter the cash competition. And presumably he did so because the next sentence is about the guard of the palace thinking he is uh, a crazy man on account of his clothes really sucked and his manners are rude. Uh, so there's no way this boy can fill cars with money. Uh, so he refused passage. He didn't buy some, some nice clothes on the way. Nah. Why would you? It's a waste of money. Infinite money. Uh, so their talk was overheard by the king, and the king ordered the guard to present the youth before him. 
And uh, once he was face to face with him, the king read the announcement again and put extra emphasis on the part about the in case of failure, <laughs> the contestant would be put to death. Like, just so you know, in case you didn't catch it the first time. Fucking so try me, kid. I am itching. If I don't get money, I do want blood. I'm not leaving this empty handed. Uh, so the, the charcoal maker agreed. So my, my one contention with the, the title is that he is the charcoal maker's son and has not made any charcoal. <laughs> Yeah, he was chopping wood, he presumably was, for charcoal was, purposes. He was in the mix. He's in the family biz. I can see where your contention comes from, though. Make him a charcoal maker, not just related to one. <laughs> <laughs> or um, change the title. Or change the title. Well, I think making him a charcoal maker would be the easiest thing because... No, we should change the title to the charcoal maker's relative becomes... <laughs> <laughs> But you were saying. I think they're just, because instead of giving him a name, they just lean on this as a shorthand for him. At least uh, it's better than poor person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So poor boy asked the king to let him have a talk with the, do- with the daughter in question. Uh, the meeting was granted. We don't get to see the contents of the meeting. The youth was exp- extremely pleased with the beauty and vivacity of the princess. I love these portions of these stories where they just kind of walk around the princess like she's a new car. Yeah. <laughs> just checking out all the features. And after he'd finished checking her teeth or, or whatever it was <laughs> that he was doing in there, uh, he said goodbye. and he asked Checking her, her tongue for a unique barcode. <laughs> yeah. It's like, are you a prince? Okay. Yeah. You got, you got the barcode. You have the... The certificate of authenticity. <laughs> well, he's checked her barcode and he asked the king to send the cars with him to get the first ten carloads. And everyone's very astonished to see him fill ten cars with bright new silver dollars because this is a fucking impossible request. Regardless, <laughs> Wait, like is maybe it, is maybe it ten cars every day. Ten cars for ten days. Yeah. Oh, so so one hundred total. Yeah, like the king's angling for a Bezos. Yeah. King's going straight to the moon. Uh, so five days, uh, oh, everyone's astonished to see him fill the tin cars with bright new silver dollars, and the princess was also, at first, very much pleased with such a large sum of money. At first. At first. Five days went by without failure to deliver, and the princess was beginning to realize, oh, this might be for real. <laughs> uh, this so she... not no longer a drill. I like the idea that the king, like, starts the bidding very, very high as soon as she hits marriageable age, and then as she begins to to hit the decrepit uh <laughs> The decrepit of, age of 17. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, that he might, like, ease up on the requirements a little bit. Yeah. Um, not a, not a bad, not a bad negotiating tactic. For your daughter. Ask yeah, for what you for want. Your, your woman property <laughs> and crown. Because it's daughter in retirement, essentially. That's what he's bartering. <laughs> uh, so the princess started musing on the idea of actually being married in five days. Uh, her musing includes the poetic, but I'm not sure the meaning of it, phrase, married life is like music without words. So music. Isn't that the case? Melody. Isn't that, isn't yeah, that like, just the way? Like most music for most of history that might not be true. Like like a lot of music, certainly. Quite a bit of music is like that already. Yeah, the majority of the stuff I listen to is like that. Uh, so she wonders if, if it will be this way in her case. She reflects on the fact that her future husband is ugly and unrefined and of low birth. But he's also rich. 
But maybe riches are not enough uh, to make her happy in a marriage. So it's time for tricks. Wasn't enough for Grimes, I guess. Is that <laughs> topical still? Anything um, is topical if you talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's true. It's now topical again. People are still talking about Elon and Grimes splitting up. So the next day, the guard informed her that the riches of the young man were apparently inexhaustible because it seemed that his purse was magic. That's the likeliest explanation for why it just pours money out relentlessly. <laughs> they've solved it. Yes, they've solved the puzzle. So she told the guard, well, tell him I wish to see him alone. Uh, so the youth is filled with joy because this seemed a sign of her favor. He gets to check her teeth again. <laughs> Uh, the princess entertained him regally and tried all sorts of tricks to get possession of the magical purse. Do we get to hear any of them? We do we just not. assume? Yeah, this is just the comedy sequence that it's up to the screenwriters to figure out. She finally succeeded in inducing him to go to sleep, and then she stole the purse and left him alone in the chamber. With a frying pan. <laughs> the sweetest sleep of all. Uh, so when... When the boy awoke, he saw that both the princess and his purse were gone. And he was like, oh, shit, I better leave the kingdom uh, or I will die now because I can't <laughs> fulfill the contract anymore. So he, I guess, stole out the window and went directly home. And he warned his parents to abandon their home in town, which is actually kind of a nice thing to do. Um, it's yeah. one of the very rare cases of somebody <clears throat> experiencing self-preservation in a fairy tale. And preservation of the people around them who might be otherwise be uh, compromised. Uh, and then he started on like his the, own. The first thought wasn't to try and fix it or to solve what happened with the purse. It was just, all right, gotta go. Has nothing ventured, nothing gained, but time to <laughs> time to cut my losses. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A, a valuable skill to know when it is maybe time to get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, no sunk cost fallacy with this guy. Mm-hmm. So then he started on his own for another kingdom. After a lot of travel, he'd reached a mountainous place, and he'd eaten very little for many days. He happened across a tree heavy with fruit. The tree was strange to him, but the fruit seemed delicious, so I figured he'd try it. Uh, while the he fruit was eating, seemed delicious? Yeah. It Just, like, it. visually? Yeah. I mean, you've looked at a piece of fruit and been like, that looks delicious. Sure. Could also be poison. Could be poison. While he was eating... He was terrified to find that two horns had appeared on his forehead. Uh-oh. He tried to pull them off, but no go. That doesn't seem... Is that the thing to do? To try and tug, tug off new bone growth? <clears throat> I mean, I guess that would be sort of an instinctive first response. Yeah, to... that would be the first thing you check, is how strange they are. <laughs> try to rip them off? And just kind of see. I guess. Just wiggle them. Are they firm? I guess it's yeah. never happened to me, so I don't know, but... <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd check the structural integrity of them. I'd probably be fine with horns. I could, don't think I'd Could I'd be care. worse. <clears throat> you say that now, but consider sleeping. I sleep on my back. Oh, well, you're fine then. <laughs> Toughest thing is, like, getting in and out of the car. <laughs> as I experienced yesterday when I wore fake horns. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a trial run already. Yeah, I was like, these look great. And I do bump him against the car door even being a short person <laughs> next day he saw another tree with a different fruit that was even more tempting and when he ate this fruit the horns just kind of fell off oh uh, so, so, so what are we doing here do you have any guesses for where this story is going to go no I'm now wondering why we had that little interlude at all 
About the princess and the money and the purse or the horns? No, about the horns. Oh. <laughs> now that they're gone. Yeah. He can grow and get rid of horns at will now. Yeah. I mean, is that, that's that's is a that cool useful? power, I guess. Yeah, I mean, for Halloween, costume taken care of. <laughs> no spirit gum. All set. So he wrapped some of the uh, the horn begone fruit up to go and went back to the, the horn making fruit. He did himself a little test where he ate the one fruit, grew horns, ate the other, and it, it did knock them down. He's like, all right, science achieved. Convinced. Uh, yeah. Then he grabs some horn fruit as well, and he starts on the journey home. Back to his the kingdom he just left? Mm-hmm. Except it's apparently been nearly two years. Oh, I see. There's been no sense of the passage of time. <laughs> Was there a statute of limitations on the uh, murder? For kings? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kings uh, never forget. Yeah, like, he Especially wanted Especially a blood. promise to murder someone. Yeah, he wanted blood, and you know what happens when kings want something. <laughs> it's It becomes the relentless sole focus of their entire existence, and they stop governing the state till they get it. Yeah, so the kingdom has become much more dangerous in the past two years. Yes. Due to neglect. <laughs> and also just a general sort of bloodlust in the air. Yeah, it's it's I mean, in the weather report. It's the seems, level of bloodlust. It seems like there were some pre-existing problems too. <laughs> like before, in the governance before all of this started. I mean, they were broke or something, right? Yeah, the charcoal maker family was definitely very poor. I mean, like, but the king was also broke. Why did he want the money? Uh, there's nothing about the king's previous financial states. He just, he just wants wanted additional money. money. Yeah. Oh, for his okay. I that's the cost of his daughter in retirement. I sort of filled in that maybe they needed it for something, but I guess not. <laughs> no, You're just, being too generous, Gordy. Yeah, they just want. I guess so. Uh, and I guess this guy was young enough that uh, two years passage has changed his face quite a bit. So the face had changed enough that he was now unrecognizable by his own parents or his townmates who'd been hired to search for him for execution. Is it maybe the horns? No, he, he got rid of those. But he has, he can make more. He can make more. But he's not currently wearing them. <laughs> he's just, I guess, gotten a more chiseled jaw and everyone remembers him as a baby face. Nice to glow up. So he got to town, and he decided to place himself in the king's palace as the helper of the royal cook. Mm-hmm. It's, n- it's nice when you can just decide to place yourself in a job and it works out. Uh, since he was willing to work without pay, which does go a long way to getting oh, sure. yourself whatever job you want, uh, he easily came to some terms with the cook, and one of the conditions of their agree- agreement was that the cook would tell him whatever the king or the king's family was talking about. So he's working in exchange for gossip. It's kind of a form of payment. I guess, yeah. Information. It's valuable. After a few months. I don't know what it's worth on like, the open market, but <laughs> it, is, it has some value, certainly. After a few months, the charcoal maker, who's never made any charcoal, proved to be an excellent cook. And he was now doing all the cooking in the palace, while the chief cook spent most of his time somewhere else, coming home only at mealtimes to take the credit for it. Mm. Collecting idle gossip. Yep. Now comes the fun of the story, it promises. The story says that? Yes, now comes the fun of the story. The story better not be writing checks it can't cash. (laughs) (laughs) 
One day, while the cook was gone, the youth ground up the two fruits. He mixed the kind that made horns with the king's food, and the other kind he mixed with water and put in a jar. Yeah, the cook, okay. The cook arrived, all the food was ready, and the whole royal family sat down for their meal, and suddenly all of them have horns. Yeah. So the king is horrified by this, summons the cook, and asks, What kind of food did you give us? And the cook, terrified to see the royal family with horns, said, It's the same food I gave you a week ago. So they apparently just have a weekly rotation of meals. It's good uh, so, to be regimented in your schedule like that. Yeah. I I kind of do that now, personally. <laughs> you you literally eat like a king now. <laughs> we were doing that for a, a little bit, at least like in the early parts of the week. Mm-hmm. I just get some of the same meats and stuff from, from the grocery store. Yeah, it, it helps with the ever problematic decision making at mealtime. Yeah. Because if nobody ever wants to decide what to eat, if you just know that, like, it's Monday, we're eating this, yeah. that makes it so much easier. What's your Monday meal, Tyler? Uh, spaghetti. Nice. Ours is salmon. So he sends the cook to find a doctor, and he swears the cook to secrecy about the whole horn thing, even to the doctor. Like, don't tell him what's wrong. Just tell the doctor only that the king wants him to perform an operation. Keep a hush-hush. Uh, So the cook leaves immediately to find the doctor and is intercepted by the charcoal maker, who harasses him for the promised gossip. The cook immediately blabs about the horns, (laughs) and the charcoal maker says, Hey, I can fix those. Don't even worry about a doctor. Uh, To prove it, he fed the cook some of the food that they'd made, which gave the cook horns, and also Mm -hmm. How how fast do these grow also? Apparently immediately. Is it painful? Uh, No physical description is given that's what i i was imagining yeah kind of a sudden violent growth i think that would be more interesting than just i mean i i guess he didn't notice the first time it happened to him or he did he did yeah what does this kid know though (laughs) of pain (laughs) what does he know of pain (laughs) uh so like also feeding the cook the food that does the horns definitely that implicates him in the crime. Sure, yeah. If anybody's thinking about that, it would. Uh, so the, the cook gets horns, and then the uh, youth gives him a sip of the water with the other fruit in it, and the new horns fall off. I'm curious to see why he had to put it into water. Like, what what does that serve here? Because we Disguises we know that it? The, um, <clears throat> that he doesn't want them to know about the fruits. Yeah, it's just like I'm a I've got cool potions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then he explains the whole story of the purse theft to the cook, and the cook says, "All right, go change, and I'll present to you you to the king as the doctor." So the cook is on board, in on it. Yep. Class solidarity. Uh, so the cook's helper put on the doctor of surgery costume, and is taken to the king, who swears him to secrecy about the horns, and he says, "If you're successful, I'll give you half my kingdom and my daughter." Uh, so the youth uh-huh. promises to keep the secret, but he tells the king that the severest treatment is needed, and it may cause death. So okay. the king says, alright, I'd rather die hornless than live with horns. Yeah, I was gonna say, maybe it is just these modern times that we're living in, but it's very funny to me that this entire plan hinges on them not wanting to have horns. <laughs> not being like, sweet horns? Like, if if they had loved the horns, he'd be fucked. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, There'd be nothing for him to do. Or if, if they were used to, you know, being trendsetting royalty. It's like, well, right. if we've got horns, we're just going to own it because we've got a lot of confidence. It just makes uh, us more special. They, yeah. We already were, knew we were special. If they were influencers. Right. And everyone else is going to want horns. And then we start a whole new industry in our country of, like, horn costumery. So the agreement is written out, and the doctor orders the treatment. The treatment for the king and queen is to be whipped until they bleed. The treatment for the princess is to dance with the doctor until she becomes exhausted. Why are they different? Yeah, the the difference in the treatments uh, apparently raises none red flags for anyone. (laughs) Well, he is a doctor. He's wearing a coat. We have to trust him. (laughs) We've tried nothing else, so we might as well. Uh, while the king and queen were being ripped, the doctor, who, uh, let the story remind you, is the cook's helper, in case you got confused at this point. Well, yeah, he's wearing the doctor's coat. Yeah, it's, he's tricked who is us, this too. Guy? <laughs> is he a charcoal maker? Is he a cook helper? Is he a youth? Is he a doctor? We don't know. Uh, so he goes to the kitchen to get the the special water jar. The cruel servants delivering the whipping took a lot of delight in their task. It's probably pretty funny <laughs> from their perspective. Uh, yeah, I, I guess the king does not treat people particularly well, um, <laughs> given that he does offer death as the alternative to success. Um, in many of his decrees. Yes, that's just how he operates. That's how he runs the household. It's like, you will deliver unto me the crostata, and if you fail, it will be death. You will clean your room or die. Dust the chandelier or be hung from it. <laughs> um, so the servants are, are going to town on these royals, and they did not quit until the king and queen were almost lifeless. The doctor had kind of forgotten about them while he was dancing with the princess, and he found them just about to die, but succeeded in getting some water down their gullets and getting the (laughs) horns to fall off. He was just having a good time doing the uh, Cupid Shuffle or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, just Charlestoning all all over the floor. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the princess also asked for a drink when she stopped dancing because she was exhausted and thirsty, and the horns fell off her head too. A few days later, the king and queen died. <laughs> from <laughs> whip-related uh, complications? Yes. Yeah, complications from whipping. And the doctor, who was the cook's helper, who was the charcoal maker, succeeded to the throne and told his new princess wife, now that she was uh, tied to him legally, that he was, in fact, the poor charcoal maker who had owned the magic purse she'd stolen from him. Just to twist the knife a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, Just to let her know. Yeah, and as soon as uh, he was seated on the throne, he made his friend the cook one of his courtiers. And although he was an uneducated and unrefined king, he did welcome all the wise men to his palace as counselors, and the kingdom prospered as it had never done under its previous rulers, the end. Yeah, I was going to say, here's the secret. That is not different. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a change in qualification. Yeah, the royal family might have tutors and things, but if they don't pay attention to them, then they're just as uneducated. So that's that's the story. What are your opinions on our protagonist? 
mixed. I was definitely on like one train last night, but I think I was also in a mood. <laughs> um, so they're a little what bit more mixed train? now. Oh, but, what was like, that midnight train, Carmen? The midnight train was uh, <laughs> it was very much a, this guy is the worst, maybe worse than the wolf boy protagonist. <laughs> oh, I, I do not think so. I had forgotten by the time I'd gotten to the point where he was uh, manipulating a royal family to force a princess who didn't want to marry him to marry him and also murder her parents. Um, I'd forgotten about him like helping out his parents uh, and having more sympathetic moments in the beginning. I'm still not overly impressed with him, but Wolf Boy is probably more consistently terrible. He at, yes. least, he at least like had a plan and made it happen. Yeah, that is true. Like he he was he was proactive, which is more than we can say for a lot of people in these stories. Yeah, I think I was just very grumpy about the uh, the whole. The princess doesn't want to marry you, and your yeah. way around this is to murder her family. Yeah, that's not ideal. Also, the literally the only reason that we are supposed to be on board with him is because we're being told about him. Right. Right. Like, his his unrelenting desire to win her is not that different from the king's unrelenting desire to be rid of her. <laughs> In exchange for carloads of money. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the whole... The purse thing. Like he wasn't a particularly kind or, I don't know, morally better person. Sh- sure. Which is often kind of a precursor to getting magic money yes yeah. is that you like do nice things he was just a random it's not that he wasn't nice it's that we no. have no information <laughs> yeah we don't know like he, he was just a random poor kid who d- dared to dream big just which happen- i don't think is that unusual right like i don't i don't think it's it's particularly a special thing about him that he no. heard this proclamation is like i i want to be king and marry a hot princess like that's not it's yeah, not so a does unique or special else. want. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just happened to be chopping down a tree near some kind of voice. Definitely a fairy, right? Probably. Can we agree on that much? The, the tree is a fairy? Or a fairy? No, whatever that voice was. Probably. It could be a fairy or a bird, but probably a fairy because magic purse money. The fairy is, uh, is messing with the local economy and the royal succession. Usually it's the birds who uh, who upend uh, right. yeah. a royal line. So I'm curious to know what what about this boy would be of interest to fairies. Maybe that king was a bird-selected king. Okay. So the, the fairies had to be rid of that king by selecting their own king, charcoal-making son. And now we have entered a two-party system. And then fairies are also responsible for the horn fruit, right? Yeah. I mean, the charcoal maker does, like, unlike a lot of our bird selected royalty uh, who tend to be, I guess, more humane people on the whole, usually more humane than the royalty they're usurping. Sure. uh, This guy has no qualms about setting two people to whipping death via tricks. Like, like I. Like I said at the end there, it's not much of a change. (laughs) 
Right. Which, as, as much as the story wants to try and convince me that it is. <laughs> uh, which is probably very appealing to, like, an unseely court situation. <laughs> Maybe the fairies wanted more follow-through. Because that previous king made a lot of threats. Right. But we wasn't, see a, wasn't a man of, of action. Right. Also, this is a boy not afraid to make foolhardy wishes without a lot of uh, stipulations, which I'm sure is also appealing to fairies. It's like, this king will wish all sorts of shit. And that is good criteria for a king. Right. For fairy times, at least. Like, for for their purposes. Yeah. Because then they can achieve all sorts of mischief. Maybe that's the difference in bird and fairy selection for kings, is outlandish (laughs) wish-making. Because fairies can absolutely manipulate that better than a bird can. Yeah. And birds seem to to pick people who are uh, a little bit more humanitarian, almost. Ironically Uh, more grounded. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they don't want want people flying to to their heights. Sky (laughs) is bird territory, which might be another source of contention in the bird fairy war. Also, he's chopping down trees left and right. Which I'm sure birds are not a keen on. But fairies love that shit. Yeah, that's awesome. It's <laughs> rad. That's so cool what you did to those birds. <laughs> Make a skateboard out of that tree for me. I'm going to ride off on it with sunglasses. Fuck them up. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts? Nah, that's it for me. We, we lose you, Gordy? Hello? Hey. Okay. Uh, apparently, yes, for a second there. <laughs> Um, it's not worth circling back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just dumb luck. The whole purse thing? Yeah. Sometimes. Was it the purse that was talking? Maybe. Was it a cursed purse that used to be like a horse or something? <laughs> it's just gone mad from from a transformation or or this is like it's trial it's always the same horse that's what we don't talk about (laughs) anytime there's a horse in these stories it is the same horse it's one of the baba yaga horses maybe instead of undergoing like a snake trial this was a fairy criminal whose sentence was to be a purse a cursed purse until they could (laughs) until they could overthrow a kingdom and then their their sins would be absolved by the court i do like the idea that fairies have to achieve some major act of disruptive mischief in order to serve their sentence exactly it makes sense yeah but what is a fairy crime in that case is that doing good things for the world (laughs) i mean i I don't know that fairies are necessarily always out to do bad things for the world maybe it's uh maybe it's for things like um granting more for the the wish giver than is good for fairyland like prioritizing the needs of of the, a human the wish economy yeah like doing wish fraud <laughs> it's probably pretty lucrative if you can get away with it or, or not reporting wishes <laughs> yeah because they do at the end of the year to do that yeah. um that audit well that i think is gonna do it for us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh so thank you all for listening uh, to this tale. Thank you. Was I forget? Was this suggested by someone? No, nope, did you just, just pick this? Yeah, one? I went hunting in Project Gutenberg because 
I enjoyed their selection last time. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to see what else you got. And what they got is quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you, Project Gutenberg. Thank you. For thank collecting you. For HTML your service versions the world. of so many folktale things and having them sorted by popularity, which is kind of fun. Yeah, that's neat. <laughs> um, thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show and for filling our days with pictures of cats and videos of Halloween decorations. Thank you. Thank you to our top tier patrons. Maxwell, Queen Savagery, still reigning, Trickery Treats, Aerius, Midori, Baby Grandma, Becca, a friendly lobster, Kelly, is Tinkerbell a reference to absence, Funky Little Strawberry, Lemur, Spaghetto, Drinking Deep of the Child Gender Fluids, Caitlin, Danielle, Wyatt, Soapy Faye, Olwyn, Queen of Terrible Taste, Allie, Mac the Manicolum Podcast, Jucifer, Cobus Cat, It's Vespa, Versus, Keeper of Too Many OCs, Pirates, Nathan the Scott, Alex, Banjo Bug, Dave, Going to the Bowling Alley and Using Nothing But Marbles, Maya, Gray, Goetic Prince of the Arcane, High Listus of Limbus, Yahweh Yahweh, Little Smorgasbord, Haley, Dominic, Justin, Lily, Izzy, Heather, High Meality of the Cult of Cricket, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with the marbles, by the way. Yeah. I hope that works out. Yeah. It's an interesting challenge to impose on yourself. All strikes, one spare. (laughs) Uh, And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.